Welcome to the first ever NHA Book Club podcast. And with me today is Ed. Hello. Viking. There. And then Luigi. Hello, hello. Yeah, and on today's podcast, we'll actually be covering the the light novel Sexiled. My sexist party leader kicked me out, so I teamed up with a mythical sorceress. And even though that's like many light novels, the title's a mouthful. But <laughs> <laughs> but the book the book is about uh, Tanya Archmenichal, who is a talented mage adventurer who essentially got kicked out by her party by her sexist asshole party leader and to vent her frustrations on this on her unfair firing she just goes to a wasteland and starts blowing shit up and in her rampage she releases a mythical sorceress who's extremely powerful and much to her surprise the this mythical sorceress, Laplace, is actually just a really chill person. And essentially, they just team up to get back. Uh, Tanya and Laplace team up to get back at her sexist asshole party, former party leader. And uh, the reason why I've decided to choose that, uh, decided to start off this podcast with, with this book was it sounded very interesting because. It was essentially a female empowerment fantasy, which is actually fairly rare in the light novel industry, and it seemed like a pretty fun read, so I decided to cover it first. Um, so we're going to start off by discussing the characters, then we're going to get into some of the background of the story and how the story was created, and then we're just going to finish off with some discussions about what we actually liked and disliked about the book, and then... Uh, what we'd like to see in volume two. So let's start off with the characters. So how did everybody feel about um, our main duo, uh, Laplace and Tanya? I really uh, liked, uh, what is it Laplace or Laplace? Laplace. Um, I, I really liked her. She, I just thought she was so funny. Just how she's so full of herself, but also kind of ditzy and just kind of an idiot, but a really lovable idiot because she's really powerful. Um, and her and Tanya make a really good duo, which is always fun when you have a good back and forth kind of straight man, ridiculous person, um, or straight person, ridiculous person duo. And this book mm-hmm. does that balance really well. Yeah, I completely agree. I just loved how relaxed, essentially, well, how relaxed the book felt when Laplace was around. She basically just made everything a lot more chill, which mm-hmm. was actually really needed because Tanya, on the other hand, was, had a lot of outrage, and it was all her out, Tanya's outrage was very justified, but Laplace was a very good calming factor, just get you, get you relaxed into the mood, relaxed into the book, and it made the characters a little bit more relatable. Plus, I just feel like those types of like very gregarious characters add a lot of fun to the fun to books in general if they're done well. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like Laplace and uh, her relationship with Tanya. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, like how Laplace is like, uh, she, she knows all this stuff about magic and stuff, but at the same time, she's kind of like a klutz. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
it doesn't right. matter like this uh um distant figure to the uh reader she's just like a normal person and that's pretty cool i think yeah it just kind of feels like yeah just her general attitude just kind of makes you want to hang out with her and even though she's probably the most she basically is the most powerful character in the series i just love how approachable she feels and she doesn't feel completely invincible it just kind of feels like it's really easy to approach her mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. She's a really fun character, I think. Um, yeah, she yeah. she's she's kind of crazy. She's also incredibly brilliant with mm-hmm. some of the things she does. I love the fact that when, when we first meet her, we find out that she can't use any offensive magic at all. Yeah, to her uh, imprisonment, and that makes uh, that makes a really good uh, uh, foil with Tanya, who just who is just blowing shit up like crazy mm-hmm. when. When they meet, yeah, definitely. Like, I always feel like so, like supporty type people are always just really interesting because they allow other people to shine while also having, well, contributing a lot to a book. Like, uh, I just really love how Laplace essentially added a lot of insight to the setting of the book. Like, um, in her time, the king, the empire that. Um, they both, uh, both Tanya and Plas live in. It used to actually be a fairly, more, well, fairly more egalitarian place where women and men were more equal. But um, in ta- but in the current time, in Tanya's time, it's just a complete feminist theory nightmare. Like women are completely <laughs> depowered. They are sexualized by men all the time. And who oh boy, it just it's just really interesting to see how see her reaction to just this humongous change. Like, she's kind of a fish out of water now, and on one hand, she's enjoying it, and on the other hand, she's kind of horrified. Uh, so, uh, how did everybody feel about uh, Tanya in the book? Even the, yeah, because we've been covering Laplace quite a bit. Um, oftentimes, I think she seemed like a shonen protagonist. Sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty she's pretty over the top, which is fun for a book like this, which it's it's not an over the top book, but it's really on the nose with a lot of things. So Tanya's kinda like Viking said, blow shit up personality fits in with that. How like yeah, she's just she fits in with this type of book. She's almost like a yeah, she's very shown in protagonist at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tanya is just, I love how Tanya is a very go-getter person. Like, she knows what she wants, and she does everything she does, does everything she wants to get, to actually get what she wants, and she doesn't stand, like, she doesn't stand injustice at all. And I just love how, I just love how she transformed throughout the book. Like, she was kind of still subservient to this very, her, the very sex, sexist, um, environment that she lived in, and then as time grew up, like she go throughout the book, she generally just starts becoming more and more bold about her outrage to the injustice, injustice, injustices of her society. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I don't right, think... she's very sorry. Go ahead, Ed. Oh yeah. Uh, I also I don't think it's this, this is a problem with um Tanya. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of the uh, 
circumstances about like for example she didn't really get stronger mm -hmm. like yeah she got the magic knight but like she was she was already blowing up mountains on herself yeah so this isn't really a problem with her character but the fact that like she essentially could have always um won the tournament by herself or like mayhem her own party by herself mm -hmm. um i felt it sometimes made her look like kind of dumb oh i think that was part of the point of the novel in that basically um all women have potential to do amazing stuff and it's just the society that keeps telling them no that no you can't do this or no it's unfair for you to be in this position of power and it's I just kind of feel like Tanya, yeah. uh, Tanya's evolution, like evolution into like making a difference at the end of the book, was part of the point. In that, if you get the power, you don't necessarily. You always had the potential to make a difference. You just need to go and do it, no matter what bullshit you had to deal with. But um, I think that's a. I think it's a very good uh, message even though it lacks a little nuance, but still, it's very, very powerful and good, good message. Yeah, and I think, I think part of that message, too, is that Tanya doesn't really start asserting herself until she meets Laplace, and um, what's the other party member's name? The Nadine, dealer? Nadine. Nadine, until she f forms a party with them, and then they all kind of encourage each other to get out of their shells and, like, chase what they want, so I think that ties into that message you were just talking about pizza by also saying that like there needs to be solidarity among women and they need to like, like we can't all do this alone. We need to like come together mm -hmm. and bring our unique skills and who we are to like, just assert who we are. And then, then we can do our individual things alongside being a team. So it's kind of like, there's more layers to this novel than it might seem at first glance. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like... Yeah, I just... Oh, go ahead, Ed. Oh, sorry. Uh, I just worry that, like, for example, like, Ryan... She was, like, best friends with Ryan, or she his friends with him. Mm -hmm. And, like, he's so unapologetically, like, the worst. Yeah, <laughs> okay. That, like, she was spending, like, 20 years with him or something, and she, like, never realized, like, how bad it was. Mm -hmm. I just worry that some it sometimes made her look like how how didn't you realize all this bad stuff like way earlier so oh I, yeah that well i think i yeah. think she did actually yeah. there there was a line in there that she that said something like she never had much respect for him oh okay, mm -hmm. oh, okay which maybe. makes me yeah. kind of wonder why she considered him a friend for so long hmm. yeah yeah well maybe it was just that she basically only she knew him the longest, like, from what I could tell in her background, uh, essentially, she was basically taking care of her family when she was a kid, and then she worked her butt off to to get into um, the Empire's prestigious magic academy, and we weren't really given much detail about, like, her time in the academy, like, if she actually made any friends, or if she was just, like, the go-getter, just focus on studies only, and make no friends and just do your best, become the best. Like, it's kind of a shame that we didn't get a little more details about Tanya's and Ryan's, Tanya's and Ryan's um, back uh, history together. But I think the main point to 
the main point of the novel was to just kind of illustrate that Tanya really never felt she had the power to go against Ryan or tell him to fuck off because mm-hmm. that was just how society was. Women didn't really, couldn't really, didn't really have the power to like tell men off for their bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I do, I did note that one of the first things she said, like in the first couple of pages, being fired. Yeah. Um, she says something like, "Hey, I'm not your babe, and don't touch my ass." Mm-hmm. Which I thought it was pretty assertive, considering I think this society, women would probably just kind of like go along and like, all right, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was she was very vociferous at that point. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe that's just a little gap in the the writing in general. But mm-hmm. I think it. I think her relationship with Ryan was a good. Well, it was a good way to essentially make a clear villain for the novel and illustrate a clear goal that she needed to work towards, even though it wasn't fully fleshed out. Yeah, I, I thought Ryan was a, a, a great antagonist because he had absolutely zero redeeming qualities. He was just an asshole through and through. Oh, yeah. Awful. And when he was... like, like Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, even uh, Chiba from when we read J.K. Haru in the summer, even he, like, he was still an asshole, but, like, there were some parts of him, like, he had some redeeming qualities, because mm-hmm. even Ryan kind of are, serve the same purpose within their respective novels, uh-huh. like, rel- like with the relationship to the main girl, but Ryan is just so much worse of a person. He's just well, he's awful. He's completely unrepentant, and he basically does everything in his power to essentially not leech off of others to get what he wants. And, mm-hmm. oh boy, he leeches off so many different people. Like, holy crap. And I just kind of... It's just kind of surprising about... Surprising compared to, like, his, the illusions of grandeur he, ha- like, has in the novel. Like, the whole spiel where he was forced to read all of his like emo poetry in the tournament was hilarious but also incredibly sad because he this guy had like big dreams it's just he never put in the effort to actually achieve any of it on his own like it just kind of feels like Ryan had he had potential to be somebody better somebody besides being a total shithole but but he just took the easy path out every single time. Right. Yeah. He, he literally did not fight his own battles ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he literally paid people off, and when people left, he literally just pick up somebody who would, was basically trying to use him. Yeah. And that just kind of made. I always I thought Catherine's Catherine the Fox Girl Lady who teams up with Ryan after Tanya had a really interesting and very nuanced uh, place in the book. And I'm just kind of interested. So interested in what everybody else thought about her. Yeah. I really liked, um, I really liked Catherine. She, when she's first introduced, even just the way she's described how um, like the way she talks to Ryan, you can tell it's all just putting on an act. I, 
I was hoping she'd come back later in the novel. And when she did, especially in the tournament, you really get the sense that like she's had her own struggles and she's had to become who she is like out of necessity and survival. And um, Tanya and her party's influence on Catherine is really, um, it's kind of inspiring because again, it fits into that theme of uh, solidarity amongst women and, we they can all we can all build each other up to be better just through example and teamwork and um and Catherine's place in the novel was a really nuanced take on that because she's almost like the opposite of Tanya or Nadine in that way mm-hmm. um like who they are at the start compared to the end yeah so it just it's another good angle to take that theme from As she had uh, very much the society view that success for a woman was getting married and having kids. And so she's, she's joined this party to find a husband. Mm-hmm. And I think by the end, she's kind of like, Hey, wait, there's more, there's more to life than that. You know, I have my own dreams too, and I can pursue them. Right. Yeah. So I Especially thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Like, despite how simplistic the novel was in, like, some places, I feel like it did a great job of, like, creating nuanced characters that we could follow and just follow throughout their, like, and explore just how women empower themselves throughout the novel, well, and in general. But, yeah, I really... I do... I Oh, go ahead. Uh, I do wish that a certain scene, if I remember correctly... Uh, during the her battle, her doubles battle against Nadine and mm-hmm. um, Laplace. Yeah. Uh, I wish the end had gone a bit different. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And in that she essentially pissed herself. I wish that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah. It was, I don't uh, think that either. Yeah, it was really uncomfortable. But yeah. But I think that also was kind of the point because. Thinking back I on like how Catherine reacted and how the characters reacted in general, like yeah, it was kind of cringeworthy, but it wasn't a. It's not something that should define her character. Like, like basically after that happened to Catherine, she's like, "Oh shit, I'm totally fucked. Nobody's going to want to marry me." And then when Nadine comes comes in and like basically comforts her and tries to help like help her out, even after she after she lost and she's in the dumps. She still showed her kindness and still accepted her for a very strong and intelligent person. So I think the whole pissing thing could have done been done a bit better, but I have no idea how it could be. And I think it, how how it played out served its purpose very well. But mm. what do you think, Ed? Yeah, yeah. I guess it was like a way of like, um, like bringing her back down. I guess. Um, yeah, like, it was like a wake-up call for her. Yeah, almost. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just showing the flaws of, of like that the society, the society she, li- she he lives in, like one small thing that, well, one moment basically messes up her life for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overall, I did like her character. I thought I would. Um, when I first saw her design, I was like, "Oh God, no!" Mm-hmm. But um. Uh, overall, yeah, I ended up quite liking her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, sounds good. And I think with the the last main character we should should cover uh, is Nadine. Or do you also? I think we also kind of covered Ryan as well. So let's just head on to Nadine. So, um, what do you think about Nadine in general? Like, I think uh, her connection to the main duo was a bit weaker than uh, Catherine's, but. I think her presence in the party also added uh, added um, a little more nuance to the to uh, the death party dynamic. In that, basically, Nadine, after like training herself to be like an assassin, she essentially fell into the society's expected role for women, in that she basically became a demure healer. And unfortunately, she's really bad at healing, so nobody wanted to party up with her at all. So she's kind of stuck in a limbo. In that she try, she's trying to conform to society's view of women, but nobody's giving her a chance to actually participate in society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to, to be heard due to her uh, background, I think she herself wants to be a healer. Instead of what she's actually good at, which is like yeah. assassinating people. Yeah. She was so turned off by the assassination, she wanted to yeah. do the opposite. Yeah, that's a very interesting point you bring up. Like, like, um, um I guess the idea that maybe some people want to be in those roles, maybe. Yeah. And they don't really get the support or recognition. So. Be in those roles is kind of an interesting twist to this novel in that um, it basically said the author is basically just saying that it's okay to be in that role. It's just that even if you're not good at it, it's well, your worth your worth in a role shouldn't be determined by how good you are at it. And I feel like I'm stretching for that, but. Yeah, and it also kind of gets into, um, like, you can be in that role, and you should if you want to, but it doesn't have to define Mm you. um, Because, like, Nadine is a healer, but she's also a badass assassin, and when she has to, she'll use those skills. And um, even with Tanya, it's, it's, or it's like the opposite of what Tanya was. she was just a healer, even though she had all these other skills. Mm-hmm. Whereas Nadine wants to be a healer and also has those skills, and she's not letting it define her because of the strength of the girls around her. Whereas Tanya, when she was in Ryan's party, was just defined by that role because that's what her larger environment dictated mm-hmm. for her. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of how she fits into that mm-hmm. um, central theme, at least from my yeah. understanding or what I yeah. took from her. Place. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty good take on it. I'm just having a little trouble <laughs> uh, finding words for her because I kind of felt like her the way she was added into the novel was oh, it didn't have as strong as connection as Catherine, Catherine did. Um, to, to be fair, she did introduce uh, that girl she um, yes. helped out. The yeah, the orphan, orphan girl. Um, 
So, well, that was. I... Oh, sorry. Uh, were you trying to say something, Viking? Oh, sorry. I just. Uh, I think the girl's oh, name was Elisa, right? Yes. She's the one trying to get into the yeah, yeah, college right. academy. So, right. so um, I, I guess, well, the uh, Mesha Academy uh, storyline, I guess it might have felt a bit um, separate from mm -hmm. the whole Tanya getting revenge thing. It did give us a way to, like, show Tanya that, you know, that the injustices that have yeah. been going on. And, like, she was right next to those injustices, and she mm -hmm. never noticed. And um, I, it, I, it helps, uh, like, um, I'm not sure if humanize is the best word, but um, I guess giving her a layer to um, both Tanya and Laplace, like, saying, hey, we're, we can't just help ourselves. We should also help all the yeah. other women around here. Yeah. Um, what, I, what I saw in this is that her revenge against Ryan was very personal. The uh, the whole thing with the Mage Academy and and she did there was sort of a revenge against the institutional sex mm -hmm. sexism of this. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a mm -hmm. a nice compliment, especially since like the whole medical, I mean the real life medical test course um, were partly what helped yeah. inspire the book for yeah, the author. So it was nice that she got up to yeah. reference it. And while we're still while we're still here, I think that might be a good time tra to transition to the influences in the general setting of the book. Like in her in the author's afterwards, she said a major inspiration for writing this book was the medical school admission scandal in uh, for I believe it was Tokyo University, where essentially the examiners were arbitrarily lowering the test scores for women uh, female applicants and mm -hmm. that was basically <laughs> perfectly repli uh, replicated in uh, this novel where essentially tanya helped out elise um, an orphan girl who wanted to get into the mage academy and essentially um start earning enough money well start earning enough money to support her family who were basically living in the slums and uh, oh boy <laughs> just it, this the whole art like whole art was very on the nose in that the examiners were basically cartoon villains and the like one of the sons for the one of the examiners was completely completely told old the party about the whole scandal which was hilar <laughs> hilarious in its own right but how do you think uh, this arc was handled in the book and what do you think it the author was trying to say with it? Um, <laughs> um well for as for how it was handled, um I do love the fact that it was referenced. But at the very end, another problem I had like um like I said earlier with Tanya with it, everything mm -hmm. being too easy. Um I felt like it resolved too easy. Like they just walked in there at night threatened them and everything was resolved i think yeah like, well i think it was implied that they did something to them that uh made them change their minds but that i think it was left to our imaginations but i do agree that the the whole resolution to that arc was a little too easy in that they the tanya and laplace they you know 
repercussions for their actions. And yeah, it was just kind of a little too clean for my taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of torn between wondering if this, that whole arc would have been better served as a full novel of itself, where maybe there's a little more struggle. Like maybe the girls had to like figure some more things out yeah. or they experienced more backlash before they could get to like, let's, let's call the, the, like uh, the deans or whoever the final boss, like maybe they had to go through some other people yeah. or something like that. But I almost wonder if that would have worked against the novel too, because um, I, part, I think, part of the novel is that Tanya and Laplace and Nadine do just bowl through everything and always come Mm -hmm. out on top because it's taking like an intentionally exaggerated look at Mm -hmm. these issues um, to, to better highlight them. So I think uh, I'm, I'm struggling in real time here with what I would have liked Mm -hmm. better. Um, I guess it just would have depended how the author handled it, but I think it it could have been like, maybe this could have been the sequel to, or that arc could have been the sequel to um, Ryan. Like what happens mm-hmm. with Ryan? Like we start with the micro level with Tanya and then we move to the mid macro level with the institution. And then maybe there's something with a King or yeah. something like that could be like if we were theorizing like a three novel structure Mm -hmm. for this, um, but that's kind of just theory. Um, So I I liked it. I I liked it, but I'm not sure if it was handled the best, especially compared to the tournament arc, which I think was really great. Yeah. Uh, Viking, were you trying to say something? I was just saying like, yeah, I like the idea of that. You've got the revenge against Ryan level sort of the mid-level being the mage academy and then yeah. society well, sort of a macro level i think that could have been uh-huh. i think that could have worked yeah, really well probably the biggest thing i disliked is that this novel in general it felt like it was more like mm-hmm. short stories thrown together yeah and it didn't have yeah, that a was, great flow you brought up a great point and that was basically my main problem with the novel and as a whole in that I feel like the structure of the novel was a little too loose and it didn't build up its conflict as well as it could have. And I kind of felt like the whole Mage Academy stuff and the way Nadine was added to the party kind of felt like an afterthought rather than um, main focus with a lot of thought put into it. Mm -hmm. Um, To be fair, um, building up to like a big conflict would have been Mm -hmm. a problem because like, Tanya and Lapis are so hilariously way stronger mm-hmm. than anyone else, except right. may, maybe that uh, mercenary that Ryan yeah, fires. Goliath. Um, so they were never going to get mm-hmm. a fair fight. Um, so I'm not sure how... I mean, it doesn't have to ha- like end in a big battle mm-hmm. or whatever, but at the same time, I'm not sure how they would have built like a well, I feel class, like I it could have been a little bit more satisfying if we had a little more detail, like knew a little bit more about the academy in general, um, Tanya's like history in it, and then maybe a little bit more about Elise and Nadine, because Nadine was basically basically just hired Tanya and Laplace to 
essentially get Elise into the academy. And then her whole role in that, that struggle was basically bringing uh, Nadine and um, Tanya and um, Elise lunch. So she didn't feel like totally, she was completely integral to that whole arc. We didn't really know much about Elise in that, except that she was basically an orphan. She was trying to provide for her her family. And we didn't really know about much about the Academy itself, even, um, even though, except for the fact that it was the most prestigious university there. And I just feel like it could have, the whole arc would have had a little more impact if we just had a little more time to just um, gestate on well, learn a little bit more about the conflict and the stakes at at hand. Mm-hmm. But I know that wasn't the main focus of the novel, and that's why it kind of felt like an afterthought compared to the main co- conflict with Ryan, which was actually, I thought, was done very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. By the way, a uh, quick uh, yeah. question. Was it implied that Nadine was the one who killed... Elise's parents. Uh, I think she or... knew about Nadine, uh, Elise's parents being killed, but I think it also might have, it also might have implied that Nadine killed her parents. So it could go. I think it could go either way. Yeah. Okay. Just wonder. Mm-hmm. If she didn't actually, if she wasn't the one, it was someone in her okay. assassin clan. Oh, okay. That did. Mm-hmm. That, at least that's what I got. Yeah. And. I think we've covered the the whole academy arc. How about the main thrust of the conflict, the whole the main thrust, the main conflict of the book, which was the revenge against Ryan and the their whole the whole tournament in general? And oh boy, that that was I love the tournament. It was a lot of fun. Like I absolutely loved how basically there's a commentary of basically how uh, how the groups that Tanya. Tanya and Co fought like how they had a commentary on the um, their match against Tanya's group, and then Tanya's group oops commentary on the match. And man, it was just so funny just mm-hmm. seeing how these like male dominated parties were very pissed off about being beaten by girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think the book had a good pulse um, on what what the scene like what the reactions and scene would be for that kind of event, like were it like were it to actually happen in real life. Like it felt like it felt over the top, like everything else, but everyone reacted in ways that like you read it and you were like, Oh, well, yeah, that's what happened when re- that's what would happen yep. in real life or mm-hmm. like nothing felt super. It, it felt just exaggerated enough to where it, it's making sure you know exactly what it's trying to get across, which is good for a novel like this. And yeah, the whole tournament arc was just really fun. Um, and your point about the the commentary um, reminds me of how I really liked the way, the casual way this novel was written, or I guess how it yeah. was translated. It almost felt like the, like the narrator itself, their self was yeah. a character, just... Um, their kind of casual dialogue and how they'd insert like little quips here and there that um, one, it helped help the flow of the novel. And two, it just kind of enhanced the overall mood. Cause despite how this book deals with some pretty heavy themes, it's pretty, 
it's pretty mm-hmm. chill. Like it's not a hard, it's not a hard read and it's um, like, it's, it's comfortable in the, in how it's written and uncomfortable in its subject matter. Yeah, if that makes sense. Does. Um, which mm-hmm. I appreciated. I completely agree. And, um, I, I thought it was a great use of the, the comedic writing and, and kind of comedic mm-hmm. characters to just really look you in the eye with how serious some mm-hmm. of this stuff is. It, it was a good combo. Uh, do you, do you want to say something? Oh, sorry. Um, It's almost like it's trying to tell us, like, we need to recognize these issues, but part of, like, destabilizing them is we just got to laugh at it, which I always appreciate. Um, Like, like we got to laugh in the face of all this ridiculousness while we also work to Mm -hmm. dismantle it. Yeah, and it just has made a lot of the bullshit that happens well, the bullshit that happened in the series just feel a little bit lighter and more manageable rather than just, like, society is pressing down on me, I can't do anything. And I just kind of... Mm-hmm. I really like the fact that the novel just made everything feel nice and breezy. Yeah, despite how, like, angry a kid came come off at... Well, how angry it was at times and how heavy some of the materials it was. Like, I I was able to read this thing whole novel in like two days because it was just really fun it was a really fun fast page turner and yeah um i was just gonna say um i agree that i like the crowd mm-hmm. reactions except for the very yeah. end when tanya like gives her uh-huh. speech and that actually really bothered me that like it seemed like everyone was clapping uh-huh. and agreeing with her like this society like this society that like a day before was like yeah let's objectify women let's uh pay them like way less let's tell them to stay at home Mm -hmm. and be a housewives um that they're now like clapping when she says hey we shouldn't do those things like if like like, it was a little too a little too neat like how everyone just suddenly turned Okay. Yeah, I think it was yeah. way too easy, way too fast. Yeah, like uh-huh. reminded me of that meme, um, uh, where it's like somebody does something like heroic, and then then it like, and then everybody uh-huh. clapped. Like, um, I just don't think it would be realistic. Like, maybe the woman would have actually. I don't even think all the women would have clapped yeah. realistically. Um. So the fact that like she was getting huge cheers and stuff, um, I just, I mean, like, is everything fixed now? Yeah. Is, do they all agree with her now? Is the next book? Yeah. Or is there no bikini armor anymore? Yeah. Is it? Is the next book gonna be suitcase uh, or something? So that well, that the yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah aside from that, the, oh, sorry. that, I think that sorry, um, I think the tournament was pretty cool. Just that the very end of the speech was. Yeah, like, that's the, um, what was I going to say? That was, I just feel like, I feel like the novel covered very personal issues a little bit more better, because those things can be solved maybe in a day or two. Like, the whole conflict with Ryan was easily solved at the end of this volume, but I feel like 
it was moving a bit too fast on like societal issues. Like one, like a few things, Tanya's party did like one great thing and then society seems to be changing for the better. But Mm -hmm. I feel like the author didn't want to get too mired down in the nuances of those society, like those societal issues. And it would be great if society, uh, like societal issues, could be changed with what, like one single event. But, mm-hmm. but that's the. Yeah, I think if this was a more, um, I think if this was a more outwardly serious and grounded novel, then. I would have had more of a more of a reaction like Ed had to the the crowd reaction, but I think because um, like we had the the institution arc and like it, things like Antonia and Laplace and Nadine are already these OP heroes um, who kind of just win their way through mm-hmm. everything that 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 whole turning everyone in the crowd onto their side, um, even though it was still kind of awkward, it worked a little better just because of how the novel's been up to this point. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, it was not the best, but I I, I I get it, I guess. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was was like Uh that Rocky movie where he fought the Russian guy Uh and and the crowd was cheering for him. It made no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But, oh, yeah. but but I mean, I get, I get Ed's idea here that not every woman would be cheering anyway because so many of them would have their place in society based on them following society's mm-hmm. rules yeah. thus far. You could say they live in a society. In any case, I think... Um, do we want to... Um, we should move on to the actual like final conflict between um, Tanya and Ryan because oh boy, Ryan was a complete asshole in that in that conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like sure. he was completely despicable about oh, like what he actually did to beat Tanya. Like he used so many underhanded tactics, and then he summons a motherfucking drag a mother flipping dragon to essentially. Kills Anya and basically anybody else in the t- the stadium because he was getting laughed at, and this brings to mind a very interesting quote by Margaret Atwood, uh, who penned uh, uh, the The Handmaid's Tale. And let me just pull up that quote again. It's very short, and it reads as: uh, "Men are afraid that women will laugh at them. Women are afraid that men will kill them." And I think the whole, like the whole Ryan, conflict between Ryan and Tanya, illustrates this quote. In that Tanya was, um, Ryan was just afraid of people laughing at him and in general not treating him with respect. While Tanya just wanted to get back at him for just, just for being a jerk to her, and his reaction to Tanya. It was like actions was completely bullshit. Uh, but what were your thoughts on the whole conflict between Tanya and well, the whole fight between Tanya and uh, Ryan? 
first he tried to avoid that at all costs. I mean, he had the he had the mercenary there, Goliath. That guy was supposed to take care of it. Ryan wasn't even supposed to have to fight mm-hmm. at all. You know, he literally does not fight his own battles. Yeah, they mentioned that the year before uh, they even won because basically Tanya did all the work. Yeah, like Ryan basically wanted to reap all the rewards for doing none of the work, and he kind of deserved what he got at the end. Like he was shown off to be a complete fraud, and his reputation was probably completely ruined. But the uh, the stuff he essentially had at the moment, he did anything and everything to essentially hold on to it, and when. It was taken away from him. He basically threw a tantrum and tried to just hurt everybody around him, regardless of how they were, were involved, how they were related to him. Which is a really good... Ryan is a really interesting symbol for like men in real life who are like that, because there are tons of men and have been tons of men who piggyback off other people's success and avoid doing work themselves and just take all the credit. Mm -hmm. And when they have to put in their own effort, they either a can't b get more and more desperate or they turn to C and lash out. And that's where I think the Margaret Atwood quote is really pertinent and it often ends in them killing someone, usually a woman, which isn't, well, obviously it's not okay, but it just shows how, like, uneven the, like, the divide is, because Mm -hmm. men are afraid, like, men are afraid that women will laugh at them. Like, men are afraid that their status will be, um, like that they'll lose their status or their power or their privilege. Mm. And that can lead to like really drastic and fatal measures. As we saw with Ryan trying to do, Tanya obviously overpowers him, but so kind of like everything in the novel, their conflict was a really good um, like symbol and representation of how conflicts go in real life just flipped so the women the woman wins which is really nice yeah. obviously yeah and i just felt, i really liked how tanya was able to empathize with the dragon like she recognized that the dragon was essentially a victim of ryan's complete uh, sociopathic actions towards everybody around him and essentially she didn't kill it she subdued it and then sent it on its way with the help of Laplace and I just really like how the author had the insight to recognize that yeah this dragon who is usually well this dragon was basically another victim and shouldn't be shouldn't be killed because Ryan's dumb actions and that's why I just I just really love that subtle nuance in the novel so yeah, mm-hmm. after the Ryan conflict is resolved, the um, the base book basically ends with Tanya giving her a speech about impact, um, that basically saying what telling the women in the crowd that yeah, even if you're a woman, you can do anything you want. You have the power to it, and if you have the will to do it, you should do it. 
And I think it was a pretty straightforward and good message, even though uh, it wasn't, uh, even though in places it could have been better built up to. But overall, I felt the book did a pretty good job of getting to where it wanted to go. And with that, uh, let's move on to the very last uh, part of the podcast where we just discuss about the stuff we liked and disliked about the book, even though we've kind of just, uh, we've already kind of talked about it in our discussion. So let's just make, uh, keep this quick so we can try to keep it under the podcast under an hour, 30 minutes. So what I really liked about the book was I love the, char- the characters and the interactions between them, and I really I like the small nuances to the conflict between the characters and how some of those conflicts were resolved. And I also just li- liked how breezy and easy <laughs> the book felt. And if I had to give a recommend, if I had to recommend this book to somebody, I'd definitely say, yeah, if you have the time and you've read too many shitty ECK novels, give it a try and you might you probably like it. Um what I disliked about the book was I think the structure was fairly weak and I kind of felt the whole Academy arc was a little shoehorned in and it was covered a little too quickly. But the, but I think it worked overall. And I think the for the wit the societal uh, issues that the book cover, I think those were resolved a little too easily. But, uh, Ed, what, what were some of your favorite things about the book and what you disliked about the book? Um, at first, I was apprehensive about how cartoonishly the villains were being portrayed, like Ryan uh-huh. and um, the board of directors or whatever. But um, afterwards, I realized... Maybe I mean in Japan they kind of like just change the uh, test scores of all the women. That's like maybe in real life uh, they are kind of cartoonishly ill. That's like something a cartoon villain would do. So um, seeing as uh, as I can't really experience um, this kind of discrimination, I thought maybe um, maybe it's not really fair for me to be calling it cartoonish since maybe it Mm -hmm. sometimes really is that blatantly obvious and um so afterwards i just um i agree okay mate uh the villain stopped bothering mm-hmm. me that much honestly overall i really like the book and um uh it seems uh-huh. to me that like well uh, maybe you know more about this but um mm-hmm. it feels like it was meant to be a standalone book which is why everything ties up with a ribbon at the end and um yeah, so maybe yeah. that's why uh, some of the things get resolved as easily as they do, because the author didn't know that she would get a, mm-hmm. a basically a series instead of just a single book. So I, I think had she known yeah. that, she probably would have um, worked around it better. So I won't hold the some of the faults that I found too much against it, because overall I really like the idea and I mean basically. Mm-hmm. what it is, a female empowerment book. I think it was really cool. All right. Uh, how about your favorite things about the book and least favorite things about the book, uh, Viking? Um, I think I most enjoyed the chemistry between mm-hmm. Tanya and Laplace. They were a lot of fun. Um, 
added a lot of just really comedic and also really emotional moments in there, here and there. Mm-hmm. The end, Laplace learns that the wizard Maxwell is still around. Uh-huh. Crap. This is awful. And I mean, I think I thought that was a really nice moment. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Actually, really enjoyed the way the author did not pull any punches on the sexism. Mm-hmm. There was a moment um, they referred to female party members of the of the adventuring parties as party favors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. were there to hook up with some guy. Jeez. That was brutal. Yeah. This stuff about why why the the female adventurers were wearing such skimpy outfits that they needed uh, more more skin visible to do the whole mana stuff. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and the thing is, they essentially had to wear the those clothes because the guild, like the adventuring guild, basically said that they had to. Yeah, you have to wear. Approved apparel. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I love it. She pulled no punches at all in all of that crap. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many things where women have to wear specific things in whatever profession they're in nowadays. You know, I mean, that that's still there. It's still in our world. Yeah. You know, on that. Uh-huh. Uh, so those are some of the things I enjoyed most. Uh-huh. Um, I said earlier, one of the things I, I thought was weakest is that it really kind of felt like a series of short stories that were kind of thrown together mm-hmm. that could have been better as, as sort of standalone, or maybe not standalone, but but whole books in and of themselves. Yeah. You know, it's a light novel. Um, I'm kind of used well, to that in all the light novels I read where it's like, oh, this could have been, this could have been its own thing. Yeah. And I think that might have to do with, like, the culture of web novels yeah. in uh, uh, Japan in that <clears throat> a lot of these, not, like, not light novels are written as web novels first. And I find that web novels generally are just kind of written, like, on day-to-day basis. So a lot of the po- parts can feel disconnected at times. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, how about you, Luigi? Um, well, everyone's... Kind of said most of my main likes. Um, I, Laplace is my favorite character. I just thought she was a blast the whole way through. Um, and regarding her relationship with Tanya, I almost got a sense that there was a little bit more than friends there. They yeah. shared a couple kisses and um, yeah. their chemistry. So I think um, yeah. their <laughs> undertones and by your snickering i sense we might see some of that in volume two um which i really i really liked that felt fairly progressive um in the grand scheme of things um i really liked the casual tone of the novel um it deals with a lot of serious things in a light way that makes it approachable but it still makes you think and consider things um the tournament arc as a whole was really fun. Um, just the way things played out, the way it was written, the battles themselves, 
there was growth within it, like all good tournament arcs should have. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, on the whole, I really like the book. Um, I think my biggest complaint is that, like we've said before, the pacing was too quick. Um, it almost like it could have been split into two or three novels, but um, the quick pacing benefits it too, just because it tackles so many themes with enough nuance, but it could have used more. Um, so um, like I compare it to something like, like when we read JK Haru, which I overall liked better than this book, um, two kind of different books, but dealing with similar things that I feel like that book had a little better pacing and it was a little more focused on one thing. Like it all had to do with, um, JK Haru had all to do with sex and everything around sex. Whereas, um, sex Isled was taking more of a broad lens, um, which is both beneficial and negative. So, um, it did some good things, did some not some not so good things, but um, yeah. And the other dislikes are just kind of what everyone else has said. So I don't really have anything else to say on that. Yeah, yeah. And just to go back to your point about me snickering, uh, um, I was mostly saying snickering because the author actually has written a few other things, and they were basically all Yuri. Oh. So Yuri undertones. <laughs> to say the least. They were definitely in this. Yes. But um, I think we've covered our main points, so let's just uh, quickly go over what what everybody would like to see in uh, Volume 2. I'll recuse myself from this, because I've actually already read it, so I don't want to spoil anything. So, um, uh, Ed, why don't you fire off some of your hopes? Wait, excuse me? Oh, um, what we, uh, what were... Um, I'm just asking, uh, what do you like to see in a volume two? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. Well, I read the. Well, not. I was gonna say something. I I read the premise for volume two. Yeah. So, um, I guess I have an idea of where it's gonna go. Um, again, just from looking at the premise, I'm surprised they're like tackling that so early, since like. Well, now there's not going to be a volume three, right? <laughs> I'm not sure. I guess. Well, like, I guess we'll read. I just like if this is going to be a series, I would have expected that to be like a um something for later on, you know, like the maybe drop some clues here and there through other volumes, and we'll see. Yeah. Although it doesn't, I mean, this is already very different from any other light novel series, so it doesn't have to be like twenty volumes or whatever. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. I can only take a uh, series. I can only read so many series that are as long as One Piece. <laughs> one, uh, one Piece is the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Viking, uh, what do you like to see in Volume Two? Uh, well, maybe not necessarily in Volume Two, but just in however many volumes this is. Uh, yeah. Well, as Luigi alluded to, a Tanya Laplace romance that could be interesting. Um, Laplace getting revenge on Maxwell, I think, could fit. I'd like to know how the world got that sexist to begin with, because in Laplace's time, it was uh, much more egalitarian. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, what direction does Catherine take at this point? Is, is she going to be just dropped, or are we going to see more of her arc? That could be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there was that uh, the princess who was watching the tournament, and, you know, in the... 
in the final, she was in the epilogue. She's like, yeah, they were pretty cool. You know, she wonder what, what we could be. So, you know, where does that go? That could be fun. All right. Uh, how about you, Luigi? Um, yeah, I'd like to see more exploration of the Tanya Laplace romance. Um, and besides that, I'd like Viking said more of how the world got to be so sexist and more just general world building because um, all we really know about this world besides that it's a fantasy world is that it's a sexist fantasy world. So I just like to learn more like about, about like about the world itself and the, like the magic system, kind of all that just, just for my own curiosity. Um, And besides that, I'd like to see, this is might sound contradictory. I'd like to see the scale go a little bigger, but mm-hmm. the the pacing slow down, like ramp up ramp up the stakes without losing sight of the main messages and themes, which can be a bit of a struggle, but I think this author could handle it. So I'd like to see just where they can take this premise without losing the premise itself. Yeah. Yeah. The parallel from a parallel perspective is kind of interesting. Tanya was blowing up mountains in the beginning, Mm -hmm. like it's a big deal. So that's a, I'm not sure where they go from there. Yeah. On that note, it'd be interesting to see because Tanya and her crew kind of got through everything. Um, like, I don't want to say, like, punch first, ask questions later, but they got through it all very, like, almost, like, conflict-driven. So I'd like to see, it'd be interesting to see how they'd handle something that they can't just win through or solve through yeah. intense mm-hmm. magic. Like, how can, like, w- like, like, something with an institution, maybe, like, their magic doesn't work or they have to do something else. Yeah. Like, it'd be nice to see them branch off to, like, what can overpowered magic not mm-hmm. solve? Yeah. I really don't think they can depend on them um, just having Tanya and Lepless, like, always uh, win everything through force. Mm-hmm. Or, like, when right. they're gone, like, say, 100 years or something, maybe everything will go back to shit. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, yeah. I really think they need some institutional, like, changes. Like, yeah. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. And I think that's uh, about all we. Um, that's basically everything we wanted to cover. So um, thank you everyone for get uh, listening for this long. And um, if you have any comment comments, f- please let me know down in the comments. So next time I can probably make this podcast a little, a little bit better. Or. Um, just let me know if you're still interested in this podcast. And this was fun. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Luigi. Uh, and with that, uh, I'm going to close out on this podcast. And again, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.